I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ramdas's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ramdas, Krishnadas, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more. The Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Hey everyone, I'm here with Trevor Hall, also known as, a.k.a. Ram Priyadas, to me. Hi, how are you doing, Ram Priya? Good, Ram Ram. Yes, we all have these dual personalities, by the way. Everybody, <laughs> all the Maharaji people. Uh, I've, I went by, when I was in the record business, I went by Mitchell and Raghu. And it depended on who. And then people got mixed up and started calling me one or the other names, you know, on a day-to-day Raghu, basis. Raghu Mitchell. Yeah. Because it could be, right? Right. Anyhow, uh, so it's been a while since we've sat down like this, hasn't it? I guess yeah. it would have been, uh, it would have been uh, Hanuman Gardens. Yeah, no, but we haven't done a podcast in over a year or about yeah, yeah. a year or something. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, you know, what drives these things, of course, uh, a lot of the time is uh, the fact that uh, Trevor has a new album that's coming out, because we've got to say that right off the top, because yeah. uh, we want everybody to check it out, and it is available when? It comes out on June 1st. Okay. June first yeah. is quick coming, soon come. So, yeah. and you can get it anywhere. What if you want a physical copy? Now you have to ask people. What about a physical copy? Is that still existent? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have physical copies, and that will be available through our website through trevorhallmusic.com. But um, and we'll also have some vinyl being printed as well. So oh, vinyl. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, so we're gonna play a couple of things as we go along here in the podcast but fruitful darkness of course that's the most intriguing uh, right. part of this whole game here and tell me a little bit about what you had in mind when you named the record such a thing which is right. rings a bell for for me right well i did it i mean at the time you know, whenever an album is, is, is coming through, I don't really like to, um, I like to just give it space and let it do its own thing and take its own direction. And when these songs were coming through, you know, I kind of had a rough idea, I guess, of like what I wanted it or what I thought it was going to be about, you know, but it wasn't rounding out, I guess. And I wasn't able to find the title like this, you know, um, and then I had I had uh, purchased a book when my wife was in. Um, there's a little ant in my room. Um, <laughs> I had purchased a book uh, called "The Fruitful Darkness" by Roshi Joan Halifax. Um, I found it in a bookstore, and I I just looked at the title, and I thought mm. the title was cool. I didn't really look at who wrote it or what the book was about. I just was like, oh, this is cool. I'll buy this, and then yeah, yeah. put it on my nightstand, and it sat yeah. there for like whatever a few months. And then my wife Emery was reading it, and um, 
she was like, oh my gosh, you have to read this book. This is like talking about your journey right now. And mm. I think you're going to derive so much inspiration from it. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And then she says, and I can't believe that we met the author. And I was like, what do you mean we met the author? You know, because I didn't look at the, the, the author's name when I bought the book. And she said, yeah, we met Roshi Joan at Ramdas's house in Maui. And I was like, oh my God, you know, two, three years before yeah. that, whatever it was, we were at Ram Dass's house and they had a talk with Frank Ostaseki and um, we met her very briefly. So I was like, oh my God, it's so small world. So I ended up reading the book and the, it was just totally speaking to me, especially with the, the process that I was going through and also the process of what the songs were about. And I couldn't really think of anything better to call the album. I was like, I really want to call this album Fruitful Darkness. Mm. So I, I tracked down Joan's email through you. And I emailed her and said, hey, I'd like to, um, you know, I, I'd like to call this album, you know, the Fruitful Darkness. And she wrote me back this like very Zen Cohen, like mm. email that was like you know dear trevor grand priya um you can use the title but i don't think you should use the title but i'm going to leave it up to you so you can use it but don't use it but you can use it (laughs) (laughs) pretty much like that you know (laughs) so at the end of the email i was like okay i'm gonna use it she said i could use it but now it's it, it was just a funny process but it was pretty interesting how it all came full circle from that you know mm. buying this book and not even knowing that i had met her and like this so wow very very interesting oh that's so great all right well but getting at more at the core like you were going through stuff or we're yeah, all going I, through stuff we can I mean, just call was, it go ahead yeah it was, I was going through darkness. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was definitely going through a lot of things. I was going through like astrologically a period called the Saturn return, which um, is when the planet Saturn, you know, comes back to its original position in your chart. It, it only, it happens like every 30 years and it happens to all of us. And, and it usually happens from like the age 28 to like 30. So I was going through this thing and I, I, it, it was interesting. You know, I'd gotten very sick at the beginning of it and found out that I had Lyme's disease and found out, you know, I had a staph infection and all these things. And mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to really like stop, you know, touring for a bit. And... Um, it was interesting because I haven't really ever stopped touring, you know, that much. And I found my physical or if I found my like identity as a musician, like taken away from me because I was, um, my body was so frail that I, I literally was like living on the couch for like months, you know, but I found this, I couldn't play. I had no inspiration. I was, and I found myself, Oh my goodness, my, my, if I'm not a musician, well, then who am I? You know, this type of dilemma, right? Then I had to, you know, shave my, my jetta. I had these long jetta, you know, and... Um, dreadlocks. Yeah, dreadlocks. And I felt, I felt stripped of my physical identity, you know, because I really held on to this thing, something that defined me like this. <laughs> and then on top of that, I was, you know all these things that I had based my, I think, person off of like my spiritual path and all this stuff like this, I felt kind of no connection with anymore in this moment. And I felt like, Oh my God, well, if I don't, then who am I, if I'm not, you know, this, so there's this, it was all these things. It was like Kali's sword, just, you know, all these things taken away. And I realized how much I was basing myself in kind of like a spiritual materialism type way, you know, Mm. like, well, then who am I? Who am I? And at first it was really scary, you know, because obviously these things that defined myself, they were taken away and I felt alone. I felt, um, 
dry. I felt lost and it was just a very scary time. It was like dark, darkness. But, you know, I feel like as a culture, like spe specifically as like a Western culture, we, we're always scared of the dark. And Roshi Joan talks about this in her book. You know, we're always like the things that are undefined and the things that we can't explain, we turn away from, you know, because they scare us. And as a Western culture, we're so obsessed with explaining things and knowing things because it helps us, I think, feel like we're in control. And the things that we can't explain, we are scared of and we run away from. But Roshi Joan is talking about in, in her book about how these shamans, all these different shamanic cultures and indigenous cultures that she uh, was with, you know, they, the shaman's journey is to turn into the dark. It's to face the dark. It's to befriend the dark. It's to befriend your demons and say, hey, come in, sit down. What can I do for you? Rather than try to get them out, you know. And she said, when that happens, those dark spaces, those demons are, or whatever you want to call them, are really like our greatest gurus, our greatest teachers. And the greatest lessons can happen of when we turn into the dark, you know, when we face death or, you know, stuff like this. So that's, and, and when I did do that, you know, as best I could, you know, um, I learned so much about the greatest, you know, it's the hardest time of my life, but really the greatest time of my life with the lessons that I learned. And that's why I just thought the Fruitful Darkness, you know, title, I mean, I couldn't get anything better. And luckily, Roshi Joan gave me a very cryptic yes. <laughs> you got to send, <laughs> send her a physical record. You got to do that. Mm -hmm. She would love it. Uh, now, of course, this totally fits in, and I think we mentioned it once in the last few days when we've been texting or talking, uh, Ram Dass, of course. Right. And his... his Who's that? Talk, <laughs> talk, <laughs> talk about his, uh, his darkness. Right. Uh, talk about his identity being ripped away. Right. The city that he had of talking and being able to uh, be like a Lenny Bruce on steroids, <laughs> spiritual right, right. talking, <laughs> gone. Talk about darkness. Talk about loss of role uh, that you were identified with and stripped, exactly. and which is why he says today this was an incredible thing that happened because it forced me inside to right. be not and and not expecting anything i mean on and on and on what that yeah. did i mean I, I who could handle such a thing you know this is 21 years later right Ram priya so uh certainly fierce grace exactly is is uh is another um uh, way to express fruitful darkness but here's uh, something else uh, I, I just happened to see this uh, from Ramdas, actually, when Buddhists talk about the preciousness of a human birth, it's the awareness associated with human birth that's the opportunity. Awareness, that's the opportunity. We become aware to bring ourselves to higher consciousness. Suffering is part of it. It's all grist for the mill of developing awareness. What's here in front of you is what you can be aware of. It's food for enlightenment. It's mm. your part in this passing show of life. Wow. Great, That's huh? it. So great. That's it. Grist for the mill. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, if we all take that perspective, things really do change. And it, right. but, you know, it takes like what happened to you. Everybody gets that kind of moment in their life where it's really tough and tremendous suffering and, and disconnection and separation and, and right. so on. And I, especially the toughest thing is around what we identify ourselves with, who we right. are. You know, and you got into Ram Ramana Maharshi's, who am I really here? Yeah. Because I, exactly. I mean, I actually, I thought about that on a deep, on a great level. I mean, that was definitely, it's not even a question that I had to ask myself. It was just the question that 
was just in front of me. Yeah, yeah, and as no Ram choice. Das, as, you, as you just said, Ramdas said, you know, about his stroke is that it forced your suffering. It forces you inside. There's no going around it. And you can fight with it all you want, but you're going to lose, you know, and you have to, you have to turn in and face it, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, well, we should play something from the album. God's yeah. sake. What are we talking yeah. about? Music. Uh, so, uh, okay. So here's a song that I really liked. Uh, if I was a warrior. Oh, that's, I love that one. I'm glad you said that. What about that programming? Did you do that programming with the uh, rhythm well, tracks that, and stuff? I did that with the um, with the uh, producer, my mm. friend, and we were talking, and I told him I really wanted to do something out of like really out of the box, like for me, mm-hmm. you know, because part of like you know the fruitful darkness on a spiritual journey that's one thing, but also the fruitful darkness on a sonic journey. Mm. was I wanted to really push my boundaries mm. and go into things that maybe I wouldn't normally do. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we did We did that. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Maharaji's Rams are right in the beginning of that. Are you seriously asking me this question? I didn't know because a Come lot of people, on. a lot of devotees that I played, they didn't know. They didn't yeah. know that you got to listen I, closely. I know, but I'm really good. <laughs> listener okay that was part of my job it still is for everything i do the details around the production of whatever right uh no it's fantastic and of course you know i, I the combination yeah. of that and then the words are great too uh rampriya and yeah. uh but i love the programming the yeah. rhythm oh, it was the, very just, interesting you know i came up with that guitar lick and then the producer put that behind and the poem just really popped out of me at that mm. moment. Mm. And great. it's drawing from different, a lot of different things, but um, I was very affected by Chogyam Trungpa's book, Shambhala, the path of warriorship mm. and what it mm-hmm. means to be like a true warrior. Mm-hmm. And so I was asking, I, it started with that question, you know, like if I was a warrior, what would be my weapon? Right. And in the West, we think warriors are like, you know, knives and guns and whatever, like going into battle. But it's a different type of warrior. And so I answer my question, you know, forgiveness, laughter, sound, and launch into this whole kind of, I don't know, journey of um, taken from different places. Like I remember where I say my richest sky and ground we went to see this famous sadhu in Allahabad in Prayag and he mm. lives under this tree right on the, on the banks and he is nothing. He's just the, under the tree, but he's this very famous sadhu. And we went there and we asked him, um, he kind of, he actually, we didn't really ask him anything. He just kind of launched into this thing of like, you know, we're poor, you know, like we're, we have nothing, we are here, you know, like just our fire and like this, but we are happy. And he said, you know, my riches, and he pointed to you, like, he's like, my riches. He was like, Akash, yeah. sky. And then he took the dirt and he was like, Bumi, mm-hmm. my riches. And yeah. it, the way he said it, it was just like, oh my God, you know. Uh, totally. So all these little things, it's cool because that poem, all these little memories, all these little things are, are placed mm-hmm. in there. Mm. That's so great. All right. Well, without further ado, as they say, uh, here is If I Was a Warrior. Sky and ground, like the 
smell of pine and forests that drip divine Darkness sublime in a blue sky mine Stainless Turn the pages of a story of circles Where I am that I am Where all paths join hands in the lands I remember Where I am returned to my sender Fully surrounded, I surrender Well, that says it all, everybody. I don't think we need to say any more, because really, you know, really with music, it is so visceral and so beyond mind, which is why it is uh, such a transformative uh, possibility right. for people, the, right. if it's done properly. Uh, thank you for that. Thank <laughs> I really you. Love that. All right, so uh, another. I have to get to something else because yeah, yeah. it's part of the record. The The record's really a, a, a lovely journey. And a part of this journey uh, was also took place in India. And I was telling uh, Trevor before we got on, you know, my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's not just because of the music, but it's because of the experience that I was sort of intimately involved with in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. You were intimately involved with. So uh, I'll set the table and then you, you have to tell the story. Yeah. So for many years, Ram Priya's, Trevor's been going to India. He has his gurus and teachers. And uh, I, every time he's, well, not, I don't want to be too dramatic, but a number of times. Are, you, you haven't gone to Kenshi to see Sidima? Probably what? every time. <laughs> Probably every time. You know, until and, and then I even I tattled on you to Krishnadas. You know what? This fucking Trevor doesn't even have the <laughs> sense to go up. I swear I used to do that. And he'd go, What? <laughs> I'll talk to him. Anyhow, so thank God. But two years ago is it now? Oh uh, or, or is it feels, a year ago? Feels like yesterday, but I, it was two I th- years, it, I think. It was two years ago, yeah. So two years ago, he says to me, Mr. Hall, I am going to <laughs> India, and I am going to make a point. Can you help me? And, and long and the short of it is, she was in Rishikesh, and he managed to get there, and after we organized some stuff here and there with people, and then you tell, you arrived in the ashram and tell the story. Well, I, I just want to clarify oh. <laughs> that oh. I, it wasn't that I, I mean, did not want to see her. It was exactly opposite of that. But the only time I was able to travel to India, really the best months were like December, January. And Kanchi was always closed at that time. So mm. I felt like it was from my understanding that, oh, it's closed. You can't go and... And so I thought, man, I, for me, it was like, when am I going to be able to go in the proper months? And with my work and tour and everything, it just never. So it wasn't for lack of trying. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we, 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 I called Raghu and pulled his ear and bothered him a lot. And, um, you know, we were told that, um, it's something that you have to play by ear because of Ma's health and yeah. you just kind of have to, you know, take the chance, I guess. So, so we went to Rishikesh, my wife, Emery Bashanti and I, and, um, and we pretty much went there for obviously for the purpose of seeing her. And um, we were there all week. And um, I was told that she's that Ma was only giving darshan on one day on Sunday, 
she gives public darshan and you can come on like that's the time and it was funny because i remember i asked you i said oh well what time is darshan and you said like 11 and then i asked like uh prema i think it was what time is darshan she said 10 <laughs> then i asked i asked the banu the the temple manager what time is darshan he said noon so I think we got there at like eight. I was like, we're going to go at 830 because I'm not going to get anything. <laughs> but anyway, we went, we went, uh, I remember we went Friday, Friday evening. And I, I said, oh, let's just go to my wife. Let's just go because you haven't seen the, the temple. And like, let's just go. Like, no problem. We'll go for evening RT and maybe Ma will like come out. Like, who knows? You know, like I didn't know. So anyway, we went there and um, we, we did the evening RT. And I remember looking over the fence being like, oh, my God, like, I can't put she's back. Like, is she back there? You know, like this type of thing. And I remember before we went, we bought this um, white, like beautiful, like expensive, like uh, shawl for Ma. Hmm. And I remember I brought it Friday night. And I thought, oh, maybe if I tell Banu that I brought this for Siddhi Ma, no. like he'll let me see her, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Like how how foolish I was. So I, I go up to him and I say, Banu, my name is, you know, Rampriya, Raghu told you about blah, 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 blah. And he said, yeah, yeah. And he was kind of gruff. Like he's pretty like a little bit gruff character, right? Mm -hmm. And... And because um, he's, you know, he has to manage the whole place. And I, I, I said, oh, I brought this shawl from Ma. Is it possible for me to give it to her now? And it was, it was funny because he, he kind of took the shawl and he like looked at it. And he was like, come Sunday and like threw it, you know, <laughs> back. <at me. laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, 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 no problem. But I remember I went back into the Hanuman temple and I sat down and I felt really gross. I felt really, I was beating myself up and I thought, yeah. you know, how foolish of myself to think that I could buy this great being's darshan with a shawl, you know? And <laughs> it really, you know, in that moment, I was really like intense about it. And I thought the question that was coming to me and it was all Baba's play, of course, but he was like, you know, what is a pure offering? What is a pure offering that seeks no, nothing in return? Mm. You know, mm. it chokes me up a little bit now because it was so intense, you know, and I just felt like, ugh, why did I do that? You know, you idiot. You, you, you know, so we left. And I remember the next day, there was this huge storm in Rishikesh, like very, it was cold and rainy and lightning. And the whole day I was freaking out because I was like, I hope this doesn't affect our darshan tomorrow. You know, I hope this doesn't affect our darshan tomorrow. So the whole day I was in the hotel, just like freaking out, whatever. <laughs> Next day, I order the car. Like I said, we go like super early because I was like, there's no way that I'm missing, you know, this darshan. And we get there and I have our fruit and we go around the temple and then we're just sitting kind of at the front of the temple where Banu and like the other Indians are. And uh, while we're in the temple, this woman, this Western woman comes up to us and says, are you friends with Mina? Are you, are you Rampriya? And I said, yeah. She said, oh, my name's Shama, right, from New York. And mm -hmm. she said, Mina um, told me that you would be here and and so we start talking to her and she had been with Ma many times. And so I was asking her, oh, what is it like? And I felt good that she was there because I didn't know the protocol. Like, are we allowed to touch her feet or should we not? And blah, blah, blah. Mm. So she was being very sweet to us. And but time was going on and I was like, is what's you know happening? And she said, oh, let me ask Banu. I'll go ask Banu what time the darshan is because it was getting late you know and i remember she walked over to him it was like she he was maybe like 15 feet away and i couldn't hear them but i could see her face facial expression <laughs> and she was kind of smiling and then she goes oh <laughs> and my i knew it right then 
my heart just sank and she walked back to me and she was like, I'm so sorry, but Darshan's canceled. And I just went into a black hole. Talk about the darkness. <laughs> I went into this serious black hole. The fruit I, wasn't I, so visible then. The fruit wasn't visible at all. I couldn't um I couldn't talk to anybody. I was, you know, my my wife was like, Are you okay? Like, are you okay? <laughs> And I, and I walked up to Banu. I thought it's shattered. It's over. This is my one chance. It's done. Cause we were leaving the next day. So mm -hmm. there was no chance of us staying on like this. And I walked up to Banu and I was totally sobbing, being dramatic. And I just said, Banu, can you give this to Siddhima for me? You know? And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because I was crying or whatever, but he looked at me and he, something changed in him because like before, like before, like I said, he's very gruff, you know? Mm. And he said, when are you leaving? And I said, Bano, we have to leave tomorrow. And I just looked at him. I said, Bano, I've come so far, please. Mm. Like I was begging, you know? <laughs> and, um, he said, go to the temple and chant, I remember. And so I said, okay, well, that's not, that wasn't a yes and that wasn't a no. So I'm going to go. So we go into the temple. And the pujaris bring out the mic and the harmonium. And we're sitting in front of Hanuman. And I remember sitting down and I said, Rampriya, you better chant your freaking ass off right now. <laughs> like that was my mentality, you know. Uh -huh. And so I started and I just sang my heart out for like an hour. Mm. And as I was doing it, I was going through all these waves. I was looking at all these pictures of Maharaji and I was like, you don't, you don't care about me. <laughs> like, is this all like, is this all like a, who, who, who did I think I was, you know? And then it was like, no, have faith Ram Priya, like have faith in, in Maharaji's feet and that everything's planned. And then it was like, you're awful. It's because you tried to buy Siddhima with your shawl. You're an awful person. <laughs> and it was like this ping pong match, you know? Oh, so then I stopped, nobody came to get us. We all were all sitting at the front of the temple. Again, where Banu is. And I just kind of made the sankalpa, made the intention. I was like, you know, I'm just going to sit here all day until until 11 at night the temple gates close and i'm not going to eat anything i'm not going to i'm not going to move from this spot <laughs> like that's i was so like determined and but time was going on and i was like you know rampriya maybe you should just leave like just <laughs> and my wife was just trying to comfort me and all this stuff and shama and prema were there we we're all talking and then People started leaving the temple, you know, all the visitors. And pretty soon it was just us four. And Banu walks out from behind the gate, you know, where uh, in the other side of the ashram. And he points to me and he says, come. Mm. And I remember I shot up from my seat. Bashanti and I are walking towards it. All of us are walking towards him. And he turns to Shama and Prema. And he says, no, no, just them you know just two so i was like oh my god like this is crazy you know so we're walking behind banu and i remember i looked at i looked at bashanti and i said uh try and hold it together <laughs> and i was already crying so i was like this is ridiculous you know <laughs> so we get to the around the the, the ashram and there, and he unlocks this gate, and there's these stairs that go up around the, mm -hmm. the house up to the roof, and he just said go, and like I was like okay, where do I go? I'm just gonna go up these stairs. But in the song, you know, this song is all, all the meditation of of that time, recalling all the different things I remember, recalling all the things, so I can be put back in that space, pretty much. Mm. And I remember walking up those stairs. That's the line in the song. And I remember so clearly walking up those stone steps, thinking like any moment, this moment I've been waiting for for so long, like, what am I going to do? You know, 
And I remember we came up around the corner and the first glimpse of her, she was sitting in the sun, stainless white cloth and Jaya and her other attendant were sitting next to her. And immediately I kind of, you know, I was, it was like we were brought into this vortex, this like protective like dome up there on that roof, you know. But I remember see, first seeing her and I immediately thought of the goddess, obviously Durga, with her because she has two attendants, she has two gatekeepers. And I thought, oh my God, this, and, and one of them, Jaya and Vijay. So I was like, this is too much, you know. And we walked up to her and we both just fell in full pranams. And she had on these like brown socks, I remember so clearly. And we were just sobbing, you know, and we, were, we sat up and we were just sat with her for the first few minutes in silence. And I was just, what can you say? You know, what can you say? And um, I remember looking at the wrinkles on her hands. You know, her hands were so wrinkled and so human, but so godly. So I don't know how to say, it was just, it really struck me. And in mm. the song I sing, you know, I remember looking at the wrinkles on your hands, reminding me of rivers in the Holy Land. You know, there was just all these different patterns, you know. Mm. And she was just looking at us in silence and we were just bathing in that presence. And I remember I looked at Jaya, I said, are you Jaya? She said, yes. And we were talking and I was, you know, just asking how is Ma's health and how did you come like you know the formal things and then i i said is it would it be okay to sing ma a song and jaya looked at me she says i don't see why not <laughs> <laughs> and so my wife and i we sang this bhajan that for ma Durga that i always thought of siddhi ma when singing this and all the years before i thought oh if i ever saw her i love this is how would I feel like her presence would feel like when I sing this bhajan. So to be able to offer it to her was something. Mm. So we sang. And as we were singing, she was like tapping her foot. And that was like, oh, you know, like she knows she's, she's hearing this, you know. And um, we got done singing. And we gave her her shawl. And... Some more time went by and then Ma turned to Jaya and like signaled her with her eyes or something. Jaya knew exactly what to do. She gets up and she goes and then we're sitting with Ma like by ourselves. So we're like, this is just wild, you know? Mm. And she comes back with two shawls and Ma gives a shawl to Bashanti and then she gives a shawl to me. And it was just like, the ultimate like prasad you know? <laughs> and i remember when um how did it go oh we were we were we were um we were getting up to leave and no 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry after we sang we were kind of getting up and she said, I think she, I, I forget the exact order, but Jaya said, sing to Ma wherever you are, because hmm. she can hear you. Hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, because for me, music is, is that communication with Ma, with Baba, with the spirit. And, you know, on some level, I feel like they're listening, you know, but that was just like this stamp of like confirmation. Mm -hmm you know yeah. and it just totally just hit me so hard and then she raised her hands up in the sky as we were leaving it was so sweet it was like she was dancing like lord chaitanya or something jaya mm. said rejoice we have met the best of them mm. is what she said mm -hmm. and I, it was just so magical and mm. i remember 
when we were walking down the stairs, I was, my eyes were not leaving Ma because I was trying to like sip in every mm -hmm. last little moment. And then we got down and like this, but when we got down, we were kind of in this daze, you know, and we walked out the ashram and we're like, we're like back in this world, you know, like rickshaws and like sellers and like, and Bashanti kept turning to me and she said, what just happened up there? Hmm. What just happened up there? She kept saying, repeating it. And that's that line that really stuck with me in the song. It's just tell me what just happened up there, hmm. you know? And so really the song for me is, is like I said, it's, it's a, it's a, it's like a tool for me to go back into that vortex, Ma's mm. vortex. It's a mm. tool for me to remember all the different details of that meeting. So I never forget it. So it's always with me. It always mm. stays with me. Mm. So it's a very, yeah, it's an extremely special song, you know, on the album. And I'm happy that it came through. Yeah, to say the least. Here it is. Up there. Tell me what just happened over there I remember, I remember walking up those stairs We were stepping into a sacred light And tell me what just happened over there I remember looking at the Reminding me of rivers in the holy land Tell me what just happened over there I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know You can hear my song You can hear my song I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know And tell me what just happened over there I remember, I remember walking up those stairs we were stepping into a sacred light And tell me what just happened over there I remember looking at the wrinkles on your hands Reminding me of rivers in the holy land Tell me what just happened over there say is that and I've told you this before that every time I do hear this song and you send it to me right after you first maybe even had a rough mix or something. No I think I sent it to you like off my phone when I was just oh, really? like recording the idea <laughs> oh. you know. Well every time I hear this song I am right there 
in that darshan and and i so i really have to thank you for that i mean it's just uh actually it reminds me very much and and this is hard for for me it's the uh, it would be the um mantra the chants with a certain um a very specific kind of longing melody that gets me right into divine presence right right away. So it's rare that, uh, you know, a pop song, you know, in the big warp and woof of of it would do something like that. Just for me. I mean, it's just my, my crazy psychology. Um, but the other, the only recently, I mean, Krishna Das has a, um, a new care. Well, he put it on his last record, uh, that's to Maharaji, you know, Neem Karoli mm-hmm. Baba. And it's the first time he ever used that in the lyrics. And he came up with a, a melody. And every time we do that together, it's it's again darshan. So this is uh, quite a wonderful thing to be able to express that deepest, deepest uh, presence. Yeah. I mean, it really yeah. is. And, uh, and by the way, everybody out there, uh, she, uh, Sidi Ma did pass. We are May of uh, 2018. She passed at the end of 2017. Um, in fact, and I've mentioned this before, we were fortunate, Krishnas and I and some others, to be able to see her a couple of months beforehand. Uh, we got really lucky, uh, circumstances, and we saw her every day for a week while we were there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this this is someone who Neem Karoli Baba Maharaji, um, more than once, said was was an abs- an em- an emanation. If that's not probably the right word, he didn't say that. He said she is Durga. You know, I'm right. couching it in psychological terms because yeah. I wouldn't know what that really means. Except that whenever I was with her, that was self-evident that this was a being that represented the divine principle in a in body kind of form you know i met others uh, nanda maima was also that yeah. and with a different aspect but this certainly durga uh and of course rampri and i are both very fond of durga yeah so uh and i i don't know if i told you this but i myself got an opportunity um I was with her. She said, why don't you do some chalices? Like we used to do them four o'clock mm-hmm. every day in Kenji. And I said, okay, well, what about doing them here with you? She said, okay. So then I ran, got the harmonium and got all the other Westerners that were there and we went in the room and it was quite a beautiful moment. Yeah. But I said to her after we did a chalisa, can I do this? Uh, I have this other thing I want to do for you. And she said, okay. Uh, and this is back in the day when she was communicating way more. Towards the end, she was much right. more silent uh and so i did uh, a prayer to kali durga mm. that i do that i think we did once together yeah and we did that at, i think yeah. in hanuman gardens yes exactly yeah i won't do it now <laughs> disturb <laughs> everyone with my <laughs> versus uh, rampri's voice um but uh, she I just, uh, when I stopped, I had my eyes closed the whole time. When I stopped, you know, she had a tear coming from her. It was, I mean, so that was the greatest moment. And this song brings me right back into that moment. And I guess we wouldn't be doing justice because one thing now, Rampriya, Trevor, has not done very much recording. Uh, Kirtan is a real practice for him. He does that for himself, for Maharaji, for the mother. Uh, but we did catch him at Hanuman Gardens, which is a, a beautiful uh, retreat place that uh, satsang people have in Ohio. Beautiful uh, place. And by the and way, that was, I, actually, that's that's right. That was right when we got back from seeing Ma. Yeah, I mean, we, exactly. It was only a few, yeah, weeks, few weeks after we got back. Yeah. So yes. it was fresh. Yeah. It, it's uh, um, uh, and my by the way is that uh, we are getting together November one through four, two thousand eighteen at uh, Hanuman Gardens for the Ramdas Immersion Retreat, which uh, I, 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 how much have I been begging you to come back, right? Well, it's just the, I have other, I do not think I want, busy. don't want to come back. He's too busy. Anyhow, it's but we, you know who we like, got? Uh, we got, which, which, inc- we got Benji Wertheimer. Benji's going to oh, come. Oh, such so, a sweet soul. Yeah, he's the sweetest soul alive. And, uh, 
uh, Mirabai Star will be there, Saraswati Marcus, and myself, and Duncan. We're going to play. That's so great. Duncan Trussell. So it's going to be, he, he wants to do some stuff. He loves, his thing is the Bhagavad Gita. So we're going to do some stuff around the Gita, which would be great. Uh, so, uh, but we couldn't. So while Trev was there last year, I decided to just record. So I got somebody to come in and record. And, you know, so far we've got three of the songs mixed. And we haven't, nobody's ever heard this before. <laughs> okay. Not even me, I don't and think. You've heard it. You had some comments and we took care oh, okay. of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I so, had some comments. Yeah. So this is what Rampriya sang to Ma, which is to the divine goddess. Oh, yeah. Jago, yeah, yeah. Jago, Ma. And uh, yeah, just uh, take a listen to this and gives you... Uh, Another, it's a darshan. It's just another darshan of mother. So here, juggle, juggle, ma. Jago 
Jaya Shiva Ramana Jagoma Jaya Shiva Ramana Jagoma Jaya Shiva Ramana Jagoma Jaya Shiva Ramana Jagoma Jagadodharini Mata Durga Jagadodharini Ma So I think you all understand now a little bit more of what this means to uh, Rampriya and his uh, that moment that he had that that got expressed finally in in the song up there. This is there's a kind of beautiful combo of these two songs together. I don't know. There's something yeah. we should be doing with that. I don't know what it is. Maybe in your because you do these wonderful things now, a uh, town hall kind of. What are what are they called? That's not a town hall. Uh, a night in the village. A night in the village. It's like yeah, a town yeah. Hall. It's, a, it's a storyteller show that. It's actually like one of my favorite shows, but I have a slide projector on stage and I go through all the different inspirations. I show pictures of Maharaji and Sri Ramakrishna and Holy Mother. And and at the end of the night, I sing this prayer, Jago Jago Ma. Mm. And so some of our satsang, it's like Gagan and uh, Jyoti, I yeah. think, came to one show and um, Shama came to one. So mm. it's been really sweet. Um, but I don't get to do them that that much in the year, but we're trying to make it something that I do a little more. So the shows you're going out to do now are, are regular Trevor Hall shows? Yeah, yeah, regular Trevor Hall shows, uh, just playing, you know, the, the new songs off The Fruitful Darkness, and um, yeah, continuing on. Yeah, really, busy, busy. Um, so... Just, uh, I I think that there's, I'd like to refer to what you started talking about when you started talking about the fruitful darkness. And, and, mm -hmm. um, and I, I guess one of the things while you were speaking uh, and uh, about your own personal experience of having that really dark time, and you talked about uh, making, f trying to make friends with uh, right. some of the darkness rather than pushing it away. And we talk about this a lot on this podcast uh, because everybody on a day-to-day -day basis, it's really difficult, uh, especially when stuff comes up. And it can be not, not so pro profoundly dramatic as what you had you know being physically ill and, and and on from there and then going through all of the role seeing the roles right. and the identity slip away it doesn't right. have to be that dramatic it can be just you know just oppressed by dark thoughts which everybody is on everyday right. basis uh to some degree or another and it's just a matter of how they how you uh the glue that uh, makes you stick to them and then you start to uh, really identify with them and right. and I, I think it is a, a true thing here around making friends with suffering with whatever darkness there is and one of the biggest problems, this is what I was thinking when you were talking earlier and I, I just made a note because I, I did want to mention it is in the West especially we are so not you know, we want to be comfy. We want to be comfortable yeah. all the time. It just look, I mean, I see it in myself and everybody. We just always opt for what will be the cushy thing in terms of response. And a lot of that is push it away because then yeah. we don't have to deal with it. And, right. and it is very difficult to do what you suggested, which is invite invite in ramdas used to talk about this he you know he's the uh, original uh, mindfulness witness guy uh, he he denies that by the way he keeps telling me what are you talking about i have nothing to do with mindfulness <laughs> i said well witness what are you kidding uh and um 
you know, so getting to the point where mm-hmm. you actually uh, get the get your will up to it and have the courage. So courage is a big, you know, is very right. involved with uh, moving away from being comfy. Uh, I think that uh, this is this is something that. Of course, if we do not practice on a day-to-day basis something or other, that's very difficult to get that courage up to invite this shit in and just say, okay, what do you need? I'll give you whatever you need, but then you need to move on, you know? And sometimes, by the way, everybody, uh, just even uh, speaking the shit out to a a really close friend or the right right, kind of person is... uh, is inviting this in and going, yeah, it's yeah. cool. So I just had to make that comment. Yeah, no, it's, oh. I am totally <laughs> identify with that. I mean, it's a process that I still, you know, am figuring out and will figure out for the rest of my life, you know. But um, for me, I think where I'm at now is, is just the thing of not pushing it away. Just if I can just do that, then I give myself a pat on the back, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when when I in two thousand eleven, I don't know what brought it on or whatever, but I was having these extreme anxiety like attacks, you know, these like where I like I mean it was crazy. I mean, I was on the road and and I was like I didn't know where it was coming from and and I was just so, I don't know, so worked up. And it's, it's since, you know, gone away. But I remember at that time, I went back to India and I thought, oh, I'm going to ask my Guruji. I'm going to ask who, you know, I feel like it's all the answers, you know, like we do. Mm. I'm going to ask him about this and he's going to give me like the thing. He's going to give me like the magic secret mantra, you know, that like, or the, the, the magic meditation where I'm, it's just all going to be gone, you know? And so I traveled halfway around the world, you know, to get there. I finally in front of him and I tell him, Guruji, I have, I have all this, you know, anxiety and I don't know where it's coming from. Like, what do I do? You know? And he just sat like there for a little bit and, I was like, he's, he's about to give it to me. Oh yeah. He's going to give me the thing, you know, the magic pill. And he just looks at me and he says, do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> I came all the way around the world to hear do nothing. And he said, do nothing. And I remember at that time, I was like, Oh God, like he didn't answer the question. But as time's gone on, that's the first step for me whenever I have these things that you're talking about or whatever, the first step is to, for me to not react is, and to do nothing. Yeah. And that's creates the space for me to turn in or as Ram Dass says, see it with loving awareness mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, and not push it away. The first step for me is not pushing it away. Yeah. 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 That's what the whole journey is about the fruitful yeah. darkness. Yeah, do nothing, no reaction. Now, of yeah. course, you will have reaction. And what's happened over time when people ask me what's you know, what's the best thing that's happened to you over time since doing this shit for so long, and it's uh, the reaction thing. It's just I am not reacting anywhere near like I used to react without right. any kind of awareness at all uh, right. and, and really understand the motivations of the mind way better. So, right. uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is fruitful this is darkness. Long overdue with my yeah. with my uncle Ragu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's great to see you and everybody. Yeah. Uh, you'll see all the show notes on beherenownetwork.com slash mindrolling. Go to mindrolling. You'll see all the show notes with all the links. You can um, if the, this. Uh, by the time this comes out either you'll pre-order it or you'll actually order it I can't tell what's going to happen because somebody else does that Uh, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
and uh, and also, you, you know, we'll we'll link you up with Roshi Jones' Fruitful Darkness book because oh, it's, Roshi is phenomenal. Incredible. As you all, many of you know, who also uh, listen to uh, Ramdas here and now on the podcast network, and uh, that Roshi is such a, a close person to us all and uh, yeah, extraordinary truly. teacher, extraordinary teacher. So. Uh, thank you again. And thank you. We Jai will, uh, yeah, Jay Ma, we'll see you again. Love you. Love you. <laughs>